Welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast that has the science and the screaming to unequivocally figure out what the best movie is of any given year. This is the ultimate season finale of 2001. The penultimate season finale was last week. That was part one of the season finale. I'm your host, Mike Gravano. With me, as always, my two fellow adventurers. We are the Fellowship of the Film. It's Greg and Ryan. Heidi ho there's something that makes me so excited about the fact that, like, when we call something a finale, it's not. We actually have a second part. It, that it, we we were lying. That is the most pointed out thing from fans and listeners. <laughs> it's like, so you guys just don't end things, huh? <laughs> finale part one, finale part two. What's the deal? That's much like Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, which you know, is that's not a the 2006 one. movie. We are not talking about it. We may never talk about it. We're here to talk about 2001. Last week, we lost four movies that were near and dear, or maybe just there, to our hearts. <laughs> we lost The Royal Tenenbaums. That was tough. That's near and dear. E2 Mama Tambien. Near and dear. Oh, my goodness. Fellowship of the Ring. For me, uh, near and dear. And Donnie Darko. Neither near nor dear for me. It's hard for me to think back on a previous moody season and think a, or movie of the year season and think of a movie that was more definitely going to get kicked out than Donnie Darko. Yeah. But Mike, those first two that you said, like, I cannot believe they're just done. It's not fair. They should come up again now. Just refight the zombie version of Royal Tenenbaums. They can still win moody's. They can still win Moody's, and apparently the board can change rules whenever they want. A very controversial moment of part one of the finale. The board emailed in the middle of the show and said, AI won two awards. Like, that's even that important. Now it can be eligible. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry to interrupt, Mike, but I just got an email. AI won. It is now officially the best. It is the movie of the year 2001. Mike, allow me to share an email that I got. Apparently, uh, horny MILFs in my neighborhood want to jack off with me. Yeah, drama for real. Yeah, that's going to cause some issues at home. Yeah, right? I probably shouldn't. That's kind of like, you don't want to eat where you shit, right? Like, you don't want to, in my own neighborhood? I don't think so. Yeah, at least go further out. (laughs) In a different zip code. I think that's legally okay, then. To go behind the curtain a little bit, that was not an email that Greg got. That was a text from his neighbors. They all (laughs) came together and said that to him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, apparently they did all come together. Wow. If book club know what gets I mean. crazy. <laughs> Nobody reads the book. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Prank text your neighbors. <laughs> or real text. I don't want to take that away from you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not. Please do not take it away from me. How about the four movies that did make it, Mike? Oh, like we're even here to talk about that. The four movies that did make it that will be your final four of 2001. And I think, Mike, in sports, they call this the Elite Four. No, it's the Elite Eight, the Final Four. I don't know sports, but I know you're wrong. The Friendly Fours. Oh, I like the Friendly Four. The Fantastic Four? (laughs) We're going to go with the Fantastic Four. Our Spirited Away, Mulholland Drive, Ocean's Eleven, and The Piano Teacher. That 75% of that sounds toy. I don't know which one he's hating on, and I don't want it yet. (laughs) I definitely do. But no, I like... That's a good final four, yeah. Like that's Isn't that I a nice it's, sampler? It's a it's a nice sample. It's a good final four. Uh what was so hard not to read for me was E2 Mama Tambien again. I almost did anyway, because I just <laughs> feel it should be. It's bunk what, that it's not. What did it lose to last round? Mulholland Drive. Yeah, see that's the thing. Like I I mean I do I do miss it, but it like it went up against the champ. 
you know, the potential champ, and you got to come out <laughs> swinging. Greg just showed some leg. But <laughs> if you didn't last week, uh, listen to last week, Mike, you did vote for E2. Like you I did, did. You did pick it over Mulholland Drive. I would do it again. Hashtag E2. You, st- you, st- you still stand by that then? Yeah, I have in, uh, in the intervening since last week. episode. Yeah. I've not, I've not changed my mind there. You're not I've afraid that you're... matter. <laughs> All right. We're going to just dive in. Enough pussyfooting around. When we take a break... We're going to break hard. We take a break hard. <laughs> and then when we come back, oh, it looks like here, we're actually, we're not going to get into the battles. When we come back, it's award season. Your first award of the episode. Best sex. Ooh. Hello. Oh, okay. I Sometimes we just don't do this award because the year did not present us with nominees. Yeah, what kind of year did we have in this department? It was a sexy year. For yeah, s- steamy. For some of the movies. Mike, the first nominee is Anna and Julio and Tenoch from E2 Mama Tambien. And in, in my head, this definitely starts at that long jukebox scene. Sex oh, yeah. is also about the lead up to sex. It's oh, almost, yeah. uh, some would argue, if you've slept with me, the better part <laughs> of sex <laughs> is the runway. And, Not the good part, that- but better. That moment is is so sexy where she just puts on the jukebox. She's sick of their shit. So she's like, we're going to dance and then fuck. Yeah. And she just turns around and it's just like, that is probably the sexiest moment of the whole movie. It's just her turning around and like looking into the camera. Mm-hmm. And so much tension has built up at this point. And, and the loud, rowdy other table quiets down. They're like, oh, it's on. They yeah. know the minute she hits play, they're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Plus, we instead of just hearing from girls uh, about the movies that we like, that like uh, uh, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker want to have sex, or Tony Stark and uh, Steve Rogers want to have sex, she's just in the movie, already knowing it. Saying it. Yeah. yeah. What you guys Making really want happen. is to have sex, and here we go. Yeah. Why does Black Widow ever just go, guys, just smooch a little? The one kind of disappointing thing is you only see a little bit of this sex but i think you get enough to realize it is good because like as far as the actual sex goes it is still kind of going on in the same amount of time that the other two sex scenes ended Mm -hmm. right like it is by far the longest sex there's more segments yeah yeah and we get the post uh post sex morning that we never get in movies that like this is i really relate to this where you wake up uh, you don't know what happened. You throw up everywhere, and then you sit down at the breakfast table angry. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> the Ryan. So I guess our lives will never be the same ever again. <laughs> Every time Wife. you have sex, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, your next nominee is from E2 Mama Tamien. All right. I do want to point out real quick, that, uh, Greg, before you talk about this, that uh, Anna and Tenoch in the car is not nominated, but Anna and Julio in the hotel room is. And here's why I think that works. Uh, A big part, and you alluded to this, Ryan, or you said it for the last one. A big part of this movie is that most of the stuff that comes before sex is actually sexy. And then sex itself is kind of weird, gross, and like not not what was promised by sexiness. Uh, And I think that there is a lot of like more kind of fun foreplay in this scene. It's only when they're like, okay, now it's time for the reality of the sex that everything just goes off the rails and it becomes kind of like comedic and weird and awkward and maybe a little terrible. One of Ana Lopez Mercado's best acting moments in a movie filled with them is her like almost looking at the camera 
when uh, the act, like the the boy she's trying to have sex is just going off, and she's like, "All right, dude. Oh so, man, okay, <laughs> hold up, yeah." Like when he's going down on her, and she's just like, "Holy moly! Okay, stop doing that. Never do." I it. assumed that he's just like, arr, 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 like teeth. eating a, a <laughs> thing of corn, <laughs> as oh, if man. he was in a two uh, thousands pop punk video. Just do it as <laughs> punk rock as you can. All right, Mike. Yes. The next nominee. The next three nominees are all from the same movie, and Mike. Uh, the next nominee is Rita and Betty in the bed. So this is when Betty's like, hey, is it okay if I sleep in the bed with you? Oh, I'm naked. Oh, my God. Here's what's happening from Mulholland Oops. Drive. You're naked. I'm naked. Everybody's <laughs> naked right away. No, no even lead up. And uh, which is like, every we've all had the illicit. Who knows what could happen? But there's at least some whispering before it uh-huh. happens. They're both just like, nope, boom, in bed going. It This scene very much did seem like... Uh, crafted by a boy you know i don't want to sleep with they're gonna sleep with you yes there's just the one bed so we'll sleep together all right i sleep without wearing a shirt oh okay now we're kissing i, and- I will too <laughs> <laughs> now we're doing sex but betty does this thing that like i don't know if other girls do like uh other girls most girls just see other girls naked all the time and it's not a big deal like uh, they go to the bathroom together strip off all their clothes and just dance around naked when Rita takes off that robe, Betty's like, uh, hello. A wooga. Yeah. Big tongue turns into yeah, stairs. She does all the Tex Avery things. <laughs> She's the Tex Avery of Mulholland Drive, I think people often say. Greg, your next nominee is also Rita and Betty. But this okay. is later on on the couch. Oh, yeah. This is just kind of like hanging out topless. Yeah. And then but the only sad, this one goes a little south, right? Because then they just like, she's. This is the when they break up and then start having a fight and then suddenly the toplessness is not fun anymore. Right. It gets a, gets a, gets a little aggressive. It's it's, it's, it's a nominee. See, it's there. It's part of it. It's one of the things. I'm sure there's going to be something even worse from this year. <laughs> from the, this movie. The next nominee is uh, from Spy Kids. So yeah, it's it's going <laughs> to get crazy. Uh, Mike, before I say the fifth, I do have to ask you: when you go to vote for best sex, is it horniest thing like the thing that you that enticed you the most or is it the most important to the movie yeah i try to think of how important to the movie is it what is there are are things hinging there because i think we've had some best sex that is not quote unquote sex before it's just like a sexually charged scene yeah uh these all just happen to actually be sex yeah high stakes well directed and and yeah and so often the best sex i'm surprised because you said the next three were from a holland drive assuming this one like there were some great sex scenes in the piano teacher, but none of them made me horny. Yeah, I think that's I think that's where the voters uh, went a different way. Is that the piano teacher like they were so unsexy? You know, like they were mm-hmm. great and well directed yeah. and important to the movie, but like uh, also uh, can I just point out real quick that David and his mom are not named nominated for this award uh, from AI. Betty furiously flicks her bean, Mike, towards the end of Mulholland Drive. She does do that, Ryan. And it is uh, certainly an important sex scene. It is disturbing the amount of chaffage that is going to happen there. Uh, it's as if Tenoch was just going downtown and didn't know what to do. Uh, and crying in sex is never a good thing. Uh, it was. It's a disturbing moment. I don't want to say never. Your nominees for best sex in a 2001 movie are Anna and Julio and Tenoch from Itumama Tambien, Anna and Julio in the hotel from Itumama Tambien. And then for Mulholland Drive, Rita and Betty in the bed, Rita and Betty on the couch, 
and Betty furiously flicks her bean. Guys, do we know where this is going? I think it's the threesome. That's got to be the hottest like moment from 2001. I think maybe our voters were in a weird place and it's furiously flicked the bean. <laughs> All right, and your winner is... Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, if you're going to have your climax be a climax, I think like that's definitely going to... Like, it was... It was so perfect and beautiful. It's definitely Anna and Julio and Tenoch. Yes. As it should be. Yay. That's the closest thing to like good sex that we really get in our movies. And so it's nice to see it win. Yeah. Our, <laughs> every, it's, nice. it's good for them. Every year at the end of every season, like the way that we talk about like best supporting actors is like exciting and like we want to celebrate these. And every time we do the best sex award, it's like, when will this end? Can we move on? <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Well, Ryan, we can move on, and we're going to, right now, directly into another award. A little too direct connected to best sexes, best violence. Best violence. Gentlemen, your first nominee is, or Greg, I will throw this to you. It's the Flesh Fair from AI Artificial Intelligence. Gentle, Greg. This is sort of like violence abstracted from, like, almost, like, humans, right? Because it's all directed at these robots but a lot of them actually do feel pain and are scared and uh, do have like our sympathies. And this is the moment where we're really realizing that we don't just kind of side with David. We're like way more siding with the artificial, like all the artificial yeah. life in this. And it just seems like so wanton and cruel and awful. This is a good question about best violence too. Like is best violence John Wick running through and, and gadding people in the head and everyone being like, Oh, or is Hell best yeah. violence like something More, that most helps important violence. Yeah. Like, I mean, cause like this is very important violence. It sets a lot of the plot runs through this scene and it helps establish a lot of things perfectly for the audience. Just how casually violent these people are to these uh, robots. The thing is, too, about the scene, and you can say that this is why Spielberg is awesome or why he sucks, but, like, with Tarantino, he does whatever he wants violent-wise, you know? Like, he, he puts that once upon a time in Hollywood ending in, and he's just like, no, 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 it's about what how you reacted to that scene, you know? Like, yeah. whatever you felt is what you felt, but with this, we get to watch people's reactions to violence. Like, they're in the background cheering and screaming. Mm-hmm. Mike, the next one is The Fellowship versus The Goblins from, from Lord of the Rings. Uh, so the goblins are the smaller ones, right? The Urukai are the big ones. So the goblin. Oh, this is in the caves. And Mike, this is Moria. Before you, before you go that off, this is the Moria. only nominee for Lord of the Rings and Best Violence. So yeah, this one is this is a pretty dope scene. So we got the fuck ups fucking up. They knocked that big bucket, bucket right down the thing. Mm-hmm. But the, the 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 how they ratchet the tension up again. We talked about with sex. It's almost the the before makes it sexier. How scared everybody gets, and you just feel like. Clitterings and clatterings before are like all around. You're just like, oh shit, here it comes with that drum. And then the drums from the deep. <laughs> and then like all the faces bursting through the door. It, it's pretty awesome. That's and they have a cave I d- troll. I didn't think about this before, but like uh, basically the uh, more advanced warriors, the entire movie are like, we'll just follow the rules and then we'll be fine. And then somebody breaks the rules and then they have to fight. But this is right. the one where like the most advanced warriors are like, oh fuck. Oh shit. <laughs> And I mean, would this count like going all the way through like the Balrog? I think it would stop right before that because that would be its own discrete encounter. And also, uh, I'm sure we talked about this on our episode, but it also makes that Harry Potter scene with the ogre in the bathroom look like shit. Oh I, yeah, it, it, it does sort of look good. You got clowned, 
Greg, the next nominee is from Mulholland Drive, and Woo. it's The Busted Assassination. Oh, dang. See, this is, man, the, like, I condemn violence in all its forms, but then also, you gotta celebrate it in all its forms. And this one is just the pure, like, cartoonish, comedic, like... Coen Brothers-esque. Yeah, and he's like actively ending people's lives and then being like oh god another thing to take <laughs> yeah. care of and then finally shooting like a, a a vacuum until it explodes in flames just because like it's the it's a movie ass movie at the end of the day it is like it's delightful i don't know it, it's weird it makes you realize that yeah like you have to agree that on some level you do like violence because this scene is kind of a delight mike did you find it yes. a delight i did find a delight uh I stupid violence is fun and it I mean this is why the Spielberg scene hits hard uh is we are those people cheering and clapping as this yeah. guy like hurts people worse cuz he's screwing up an assassination uh, and it's just great to watch sometimes He did have red hair though and I do think that like this pulled Ginger's back a little bit so He was a bit of a Not red elevated. hairing You're a threat oh good one Greg that's Thanks. very good <laughs> Thanks Mike Mike, your next nominee is in a montage of casino heists. One guy, one hippie-looking guy, runs as hard as he can, as fast as he can, towards the door, and a security guard pulls his baton out and breaks the guy's face. And it pauses, and we just see that. uh, Any sort of ACAP, right? Let's start with that. All sort of security forces and cops are bastards. But (laughs) nothing is funnier than somebody running full force into anything and so if it's a weapon clotheslining you i'm gonna laugh within the movie too it's pretty funny with these are it's being described as one of the most successful heists in the history of las vegas and it's a guy grabbing something running and getting his face caved in by a baton i think they say like he had to drink from a straw for the rest of his life like it was a perfect contact oh no now i get to drink relaxedly and easily (laughs) (laughs) sorry everyone have to use this straw it's okay for me and Mike, the final nominee for Best Violence is Erica and her mom just go to town at basically the beginning of the movie. Uh, uh, beginning of Piano Teacher, this is what we see. Yeah, and so this is an example of violence that's not necessarily fun to watch, but is important to the film. And you're not like cheering because they're not doing like sweet flip kicks on each other. They're just like clawing and slapping Parkour. and punching. And it's just like, oh, this is their relationship. I that's, understand. That's the thing. In a lot of ways, it's the least violent of any of these scenes. But mm-hmm. by being so real, it reminds you that like real violence is like peck and paw, melee, like r- like grasping at things and pulling at things and scratching. Like it's right. it's really awful and terrible, and it's not glorious and fun. And like, yeah, that's the divide. Perfect choreography is like sort of like a dance. Like you, yeah, you sure. Awesome when you're fighting, but when it's an actual fight in real life, you go for the hair. Everyone yeah. always goes for the hair. And try to, like, the slam nads. the head. Yeah, it's... Slam the head into the nads. All right, gentlemen, <laughs> your nominees for Best Violence of 2001. It's The Flesh Hair from AI, Fellowship Fair. versus the Goblins from Lord of the Rings, The Busted Assassination from Mulholland Drive, uh, Baton to the Face from Ocean's Eleven, and Erica and her mom beat the shit out of each other from The Piano Teacher. What are we thinking? Honestly, I... all, of the, all of those modes together, I feel like, are explored in Mulholland the Mulholland Drive scene. So I'm going to go with that. It's like all the different types of violence together. I think Greg's just two up Mulholland Drive's butt. I think this might be the one bone we throw to Lord of the Rings. They do. They should get something, right? And this would be the, wouldn't this be the perfect one really? Like this was a fun scene. It was the movie trying to be fun and it was. 
I want I, it for them. I do. I honestly thought that like 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 Mulholland Drive took over the best sex nominees. I thought that Lord of the Rings would take over the best violence nominees. And yeah, it just didn't happen. Your winner is from Mulholland Drive. It's the busted assassination. <laughs> yeah, it's a very it's fun, funny scene. Yeah, I want to talk to the Coen Brothers and David Lynch separately, and like how much were they like an inspiration for each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like. Uh, they pay homage to him, and but that's him paying homage back to them. So it's yeah. a circle jerk of homage, and I, I love of, it. I sort of get the impression though that the Coens would be like, "Oh, David Lynch, of course, yeah, very important." And David Lynch, when you ask him about the Coens, would be like, "My yeah. umbrella is pink." Yeah, be like, "I got to carry all this chain around, and I can't remember why." So Mahalan Drive, come on down to pick up your sexy violent awards. And uh, don't hang out because you scare me. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, round two, battle one. Round two, battle one. Ocean's Eleven versus the Pianoed Teacher. These are... Wow, what do you want to do at the movies today, America? <laughs> like, Different vibes. <laughs> seriously, these things are both movies. Like... If someone says they're going to watch a movie, they might be doing either one of these things, and it couldn't be more different experiences. This isn't an argument for Ocean's Eleven, but I do think Steven Soderbergh could do a pretty good piano teacher type movie. I don't know how Michael Haneke's heist movie would be. Are you going to look me in the eye and say that you do not want to watch Michael Haneke's Ocean's Eleven? That I want to watch be it. Fucking nuts! But it, it wouldn't that be, be AI? A fun romp. <laughs> isn't that what AI is? Oh, like Soder- Soderbergh making Haneke's movie would be the same thing as Spielberg making Kubrick's movie, wouldn't it? I just got an email that says, if Greg says <laughs> that Michael Haneke's Ocean's Le- 11 would be AI, then AI <laughs> wins the whole entire thing. I hate these emails. Where yeah. are they even coming from? Are you guys not on this email chain? I, I unhooked his computer, Mike, favorite. I swear. <laughs> this is the best that, to me, this is the best that like popcorny movies can be. Piano teacher. Oh, friends. <laughs> yeah. Mm, mm, Love my friends. Mm, mm. Versus uh, a very important, a very important, very serious movie that isn't four stars. You know, like it, it does a lot great, but it, I, I would not say it's perfect. I don't know if it gets the art of filmmaking perfectly. Oh, I was thinking of five stars, but four stars is the range we're going with here. I don't do the five star thing. That's, that's your guys' generation, you know, and it's fine. Go with God, but no. Uh, I do the Michelin system, which is the most you can have is three stars. And if I even mention you, that's already considered an honor. But now, what's the like thumb to star translation? If every, I'm saying this is two thumbs. Every star is worth 17 thumbs. Whoa. <laughs> so, Cisco Niebuhr hated most movies because they just, only ever gave two. It depends on how many thumbs I've eaten at the restaurant. Have you guys ever eaten at a Michelin Michelin rated restaurant? No. Yes. I, it tasted really? a little rubbery for me. Oh. Okay. It's a joke. But yes, I, I have a tire uh, company. There one in DC and it was pretty fucking bomb. Was it and it was just like a Michelin rated restaurant, not like a star one? Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. I don't think Michelin starred restaurants were in the America yet. Yeah, like <laughs> that's so crazy. There's have like you guys one. ever eaten at Taco Bell? No, there's like no, there's a bunch in America. There's like six in San Francisco. You're... No, there's like a six Taco Bells right around my house. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you don't have to go to San Francisco, dude. Believe it or not, that is the most gangster thing that Greg has ever said. 
<laughs> Shout out to Westminster. <laughs> so what do we want to talk? Let's dig into Oceans first. This Okay, so we always talk about this on this show, but this movie picks its target. It decided what type of movie it wanted to be, and then it scored a bullseye, right? It wanted mm-hmm. to be a cool Hollywood hangout movie, and it's a cool Hollywood hangout heist movie, right? So it, 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 it fulfilled its brief. It, it's the exact thing that it was supposed to be. What's hard for me, too, I think in the first part of the finale, Mike brought up an actor that I think it was Gael Garcia Bernal, um, where like he knows that range more. The thing that's hurting me, too, is that like the fact that I know Soderbergh's range and this is included in it is so impressive to me, whereas Haneke's range is, I make Haneke movies. And that was one. That, that piano teacher definitely was one of those. Inarguable. Do you think so? I mean, that they're both Babe Ruthing and hitting where their point. Do you, so, are you? Do you think Soderbergh hit the Ocean's point better than Haneke hit Piano Teacher's point? If we're doing the Babe Ruth thing, then I think it is Ocean's Eleven. I I think that uh, Haneke pointed at maybe a different, slightly higher place than where his home run landed. I think. That's what if we take it? Haneke out of the equation? Just talk about the performances, though, because this is a movie that sort of like um, Piano Teacher is like sort of grabbed by the actor's performances mm-hmm. and excelled to new heights right so De- definitely and i i think none of n- there's no performance in oceans that comes close to isabel or her mom I, I, yeah i i think that everybody agrees with that it's uh the movie's already won a moody uh it won best supporting actress it probably got close to winning best supporting actor like uh it's a dazzling array of performances for sure and in uh oceans 11 it's all american hollywood performances this is Mm -hmm. this this foreign shit where there's subtitles no i mean there's don Cheadle, so you got some london like real shakespearean (laughs) style in there (laughs) i think i just it feels hard to to push oceans 11 past the piano teacher but is that to like keep your cred that's what i'm dealing with right now is like i want to sound like a serious film watcher but I guess for I, me in part it's because I don't like Ocean's Eleven as much as everybody else does. That is, I mean, that's the Greg Heinlein T-shirt you can buy on yourpopfilter.com. <laughs> is, I, I guess I don't like Ocean's Eleven as much. That's like one of the things you say the most. That's my new slogan. <laughs> for for me, I, I don't. I disagree with you, Ryan. That that Haneke, Babe Ruth, and hit lower the 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 chewing on the movie more since we watch it. Like I, I think it kind of nails everything he wanted to do and how everything's like puzzle boxed together. I know. And this shouldn't count. This, this shouldn't matter. But I, I every Haneke movie I have seen is better than this, you know, like mm. uh, cachet and the white ribbon and to a certain, well, maybe not like American funny games, but uh, his first funny games, like now I know what, I know how he aims and I know when he hits it. And this okay. was just slightly less, but that's, that's like, outer textual you know that that's not right. talking about the piano teacher but it, it's it is impossible to to vacuum anything because one of your arguments yeah. for Soderbergh was wow he did right everything he's done and oceans 11 right and you can either so, pretend that you're not doing that or you can you know let's embrace it. admit that that you are but yeah i think i'm locked in i think i know which way i'm going personally okay Whew. i think we'll make it interesting this way greg What's this year, Haneke made a fan of me, and I'm going with the piano teacher. 
Okay, I do want to hear the rest of your Haneke rap later tonight. <laughs> uh, having, so I watched Nurses Level like back-to-back, basically, just for fun, and then learned we were going to do this. And for all the things I just said about Haneke, the the amount you can still chew on in this Hollywood romp them up uh, I was going to go Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Ryan? Cool. Thanks, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that... I, <laughs> Look at him squirm. I know. That's why <laughs> I did He's writhing. <laughs> Looks like Giuliani at a press conference. <laughs> I think that I'm going to say Steven uh, made a bro to watch the movie The Burbs with. Bro to Burbs. Uh, Steven Soderbergh. It's <laughs> it's Ocean's Eleven. Look at me! How dare you! Mostly focus on the how dare you. How dare you say what you just said. So Ocean's Eleven moves on. That fucking sucked, man. I did not That's like that. That's crazy. I thought that I was brave of you. I thought it was a brave thing to do. You're a very brave little boy. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, more awards. <laughs> well, that is very, very funny. Or very sad and perhaps now you have something to think about or very problematic and perhaps we have something to think about but in any event i'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to so why not check us out on the social media you can go to instagram or twitter and find us at your pop filter email contacts at your pop filter hey everybody keep watching them move award season continues with your best on-screen duo Ryan. Greg. My, my pick is Ryan and Greg. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Woo, we're on your screen right now. You are. And you're we my haven't, favorite duo. We haven't taken time to talk about that. I'm sure that Greg and I have spent copious minutes talking about what a great host Mike was through the 2001 I've season. never but. heard that. All right. Well, Off we, and on air, all I hear from mostly Ryan is what a shitbag job I've done. We'll do that later. But should we take the time now to just talk about what a great duo ryan and greg were throughout mike as contestants yeah yeah that feels like a good time yeah i think we really brought it i i was gonna say i never saw either of you uh sleep on it if if you got knocked down you always got up again Uh uh-huh you never gotta keep me down yeah you you would never like contestants we've had in the past if they hear their uh opponent win a point which that's how sports work eventually you will not get all of the points. Somebody else mm-hmm. will win, uh, and it freezes them in their tracks. But you both were just like, "All right, I'll talk and think about the movie harder." Then, and I appreciate that. I talked about these movies as hard as I've talked about any movies ever. Patreon okay. pays for this like pre-show that we do, like this like extra segment about the uh, year or the movies or whatever. But don't you think Patreon would pay way more for the post segment of? Mike just has to stay on with the loser of that episode and just like get shit. <laughs> Here's another time where I think you meant to give me a point, but then the button didn't press correctly, and you never rectified it. You didn't laugh at that joke I said, so I'm going to say it again right now a little slower to make sure you get the joke. I kind of said something, and then he just repeated it, and you gave him the point and not me the point. Uh That is is an old argument on the Pop Filter universe. Greg, the first nominee for Best On-Screen Duo of 2001 is from AI, colon, Artificial Intelligence. It's David and Gigolo Joe. Yeah. And, uh, Greg, I know what a fan you are of Teddy. This is the only nominee for Best On-Screen Duo. So there's not going to be any Teddy. That's okay. This is probably the best on-screen duo from this movie, just because uh, when 
Dave, David's journey is very interesting, but I really liked Gigolo Joe's journey because he mm-hmm. goes it he takes it quicker and but he also goes on it and he attains the same sort of like consciousness in the same way and the the two of them together trying to find a way you know the boy who only wants mommy and the the robot who only wants ladies to bang trying to make it together in the world and yeah, somehow be more than, yeah i could they're similar it, for sure it's mike and his father absolutely <laughs> believe it or not this is the same year e2 mama tommy n came out <laughs> something was in the water <laughs> Mike, you hate AI. You've said that I will only watch it once for the rest of my life. Was that at least this like a good part of the movie? Oh, this was like the best part of the movie. That their relationship was so great, and uh, I, I agree with Greg. I, I found myself relating to the Joe journey more, and is maybe we're not like a dumb little baby who wants her mommy all the time. Uh, and so his journey is, and I think it's very clever to fit like Spielberg was telling a kind of slower, more thoughtful sci-fi film, and but to hide and hint at like a normal sci-fi thing where he's like ripping out the chip that people could follow him in and he's running. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like alluding to, it's like, are you sure you want that? Don't you want to just think about like family and life and love a little more? Like, and I think he hid that in their relationship. And I think it's a, it's a, like a perfectly complicated on-screen duo because for every moment that Gigolo Joe will uh, move his police copter down to the water to save David, there's another moment of, Jigolo Joe watching David just freak the fuck out and destroy a room and him just being like, nope, nope, uh, not for me. I am going to leave this room, absolutely. Greg, your next best on-screen duo is a weird one. It's Betty and Diane and Rita and Camilla from Mulholland Drive. <laughs> That's a best on-screen quattro. Yeah. I, at the core of this, I do believe there are two women. Uh, whether or not those two women are actually two pairs of four women is a is a potential question but i think I'd, there is the the actress naomi watts and the actress who, that's a good way to talk about it yeah yeah and they like Laura you, Herring. you see every part of their relationship you see them have a bunch of different types of relationships and i think that's very interesting because you get sort of like a cubist look at their relationship where you see it from multiple angles at the same time they're different people um but they have like one kind of consistent narrative arc that the movie follows and you see them be those two people and it, it, it they go on a very interesting journey together mike did did you ever see them fall in love or was it just like uh i am interested in you now now you're interested in me now yeah I, I do think that's like the part of the relationship that's missing even though we see all that kind of out of order we don't see them fall in love it really does feel like uh rita i believe is lost and she meets naomi watts who is also a little lost but she's like i feel more in my place than you so i'll help you to feel better and then so that's not falling in love is that they both just kind of cling to each other like life rafts i also don't feel like the actresses had a ton of chemistry yeah so like and it's hard to know well it's hard to know if that's what's going on or if the the characters were not supposed to have a ton of chemistry but just cling to each other you know violently in, in the middle of all of this but that might kind of hurt the, the 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 duo's chances at the award overall. That might hurt it, but what might help it is that it's from the movie Mulholland Drive. Yeah, so it's <laughs> I've heard win. it's doing very well. Mike, the next nominee is from Ocean's Eleven. It's Danny and Rusty. Rusty is Brad Pitt. Yeah, it's these two. So much is there's so much history in every time they hang out and talk, 
uh, and that feels so natural that, that they have a shorthand, not just like you got to get your flim flams and your gym jams, like just the way they talk the, you're like, Oh, these guys have been on dozens of heists with each other before. And there's a, like a comfort there that like, it feels like years and years of friendship there, which is always like, you know, heartwarming to be around. Yeah. there And it, you feel cool because they're cool. Yeah. And you feel like you get to be a part of these two guys hanging out. You really do feel that. And they have, chemistry even though they would look at us like less than those annoying brothers we think we're closer to them and they would think we're cooler than those annoying brothers we're not even <laughs> on a scott con level we're lower we're not than even scott no con way level. no those guys we hate them but those guys like can do car they're stuff useful. and they're useful yeah like, the, to be honest i mean if the heist needs a poem i'm there yeah and if what? the if the heist needs someone to appreciate the poem that mike wrote i could do that oh <laughs> I like them together. Like you can feel it on screen and off when they're on screen. But for every like uh, moment where George Clooney's like, "All right, we have ten. You think we're good with ten? You think we need eleven? And Brad Pitt just sits there and says nothing. There's the the whole thing where like George Clooney does his uh, speech at the beginning, and Brad Pitt's like, "Oh, have you been working on that for a while?" Yeah. There's some forced stuff about them. Yeah. Greg, your next nominee is Richie and Margot from the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, yeah. Well, this is a very close family. It's a story about a close family. Grow up in an unconventional way, but they really, even later in life, they're finding sort of new dimensions to their relationship, and I think that that's really nice. In 2001, we weren't prepared for this sort of thing, but now we see it it a lot more. We feast upon it. Yeah, so it just feels so... I do feel like over time, this relationship has become... The culture has, like, gotten weirder and weirder in this relationship as a result it's gotten like less weird so it's hard to remember how it used to feel and now it feels more romantic and beautiful than it used to clueless paved the way right yeah Yeah. clueless was the first and then this was like no even weirder and now girls on the internet are just getting stuck in washing machines and (laughs) both left and right uh mike here's a good one for uh what does best on-screen duo mean? Is it like, are they the best or the most important of the movie? Uh, is it the most engaging relationship? It's Julio and Tenoch from E2 Mama. And this one doesn't work out great. You know, like they are sort of bad for each other. But there's no movie without them. And that their conflict, like they're, they're slowly breaking up throughout the movie is the whole thing. And so they're the best on screen duo. It's riveting to watch them bounce off each other, try to pretend we're still just dumb, drunk stoners uh, and realize they're both outgrowing that and not together fully apart. <laughs> I think in part one of the finale, we talked about how like, did they screw each other out of best actors? You know, like, yeah, uh, but like, I, I think what that means is that they should get on screen duo because they're so, inseparable yeah like what there is no movie without them it's the entire relationship all right gentlemen your nominees are uh david and gigolo joe betty and diane and rita and camilla danny and rusty from oceans 11 richie and margo from the royal tenenbaums and julio and tenoch what do you think i'm gonna say julio and tenoch yeah I'm because them. yeah they're the, the, the because of what mike said how it's like there's no movie without them and your winner is coming down the aisle to pick up their third Moody. It's from AI. It's David and Gigolo Joe. I knew it. I knew wow. it. David and Gigolo Joe. That's what I was saying. It feels like the voters were like, well, they can't win Moody, so let's just shower them with other awards. Also, we we watch the Patreon, the Patreon movie last. 
And so yeah. we just have had these performances fresh in our head. But with all that, all that aside, it's still a, it's a legitimate win, I think. I mean, this is a great on-screen duo. Two individual great performances that have a, a synergy to them that makes it better as a, as a pair. Yeah, I think the fact that we watched it last is a little reductive. What we did is happen to watch the best movie of 2001 last. Okay, okay. You're getting a lot of I, I think that'll be proven wrong in like 20 minutes. Uh, let's jump right into your musical moment of 2001. Mike, your first nominee for a musical moment is by Echo and the Buddy Men. It's the opening, and it, this is going to get confusing. From Donnie Darko, it's where we meet the family. Donnie bikes into town. We, yeah. The dad home. does the leaf blower in the daughter's face. And this, this is, is the, hilarious. Yeah, this is the only good. Donnie Darko musical moment. So this was the No one way. That's crazy that this is the one that made it. Yeah. Interesting. I'm glad well, it's not the fucking the finale. No- when you guys hear the nominees, you'll be like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, the, this it, it sets the tone so well. It's 80s. It's bunny. It's men. Uh, and lets you know that like here's a normal town, but has that unsettling dark vibe. Also, bunny men. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about that? Uh, uh, bunny men? That's what yeah. Dark is. That's yeah. why they picked it. Yes. Layers upon layers. I do think that they the montages uh, get worse as the movie goes on. I think they get less confident and more like, oh, I'll just throw everything in. The last one is dog shit. Yeah, I really like Notorious. That was that would have been yeah. my choice. I thought Notorious was dope. Greg, the next nominee, it's Club Silencio. Okay, yeah. See, Silencio. this is just like with all of these. It's an interesting question whether it's like thematically important or great music moment. But this is a synthesis of those two things because I will watch just this scene from this movie occasionally, and the singing in it is like so beautiful and so haunting and then the scene itself is like of pivotal importance to the plot it's like the the keystone for the entire plot i sort of think that like mike and you correct me if i if i'm wrong because you wrote that episode but uh we avoided club silencio a little bit because that's its own episode of movie of the year like yeah it's just so so deep and dense that how we're gonna do it in 10 to 15 minutes so it's a mini movie do it at all but I hope it. I I hope it but, is still in contention. In in thinking about it, and I know we're about to hear other ones like the music really stands out in that Donnie and the Darko scene. It's almost like there's so much going on in Silencio that like, is this the musical moment? Like, it that it, that song, her singing, is even better than Donnie and the Darkos. <laughs> how many how many juniors, <laughs> kids who were juniors in 2001, started a band called Donnie, Donnie and the Darkos? I. Mike, the reason that there was only one Donnie Darko nominee for Musical Moment is because we had a Wes Anderson movie this year. And uh, so, uh, Mike, the next nominee is Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard uh-huh. from the Royal Tenenbaums. This is Royal and the Grandsons, right? Like, Go cutting it up around out. town. Yeah. yeah, it's just like sheer delight. And it's, let's not think about, there's not a lot of like, stop and think about how gross it is to manipulate the grandsons to get back to your family. It's just like fun. It's just sheer fun and delight and the perfect song about like fucking around with your friend. And yeah, the whole montage of like uh, doing all these unsafe things, including almost (laughs) getting hit by several different cars. Waiting until the cars are about to go. (laughs) So as you can run out and run to frogger it up. But in the way that a montage is supposed to like give you a feeling and get you through a lot of a relationship so that you can cover a lot of emotional ground quickly, it does it perfectly. Yeah. I feel like Paul Simon is sort of this guy where like his music is fine. 
or Simon and Garfunkel. Like, if you're just going to listen to it, it's whatever. But if you put it to something, you know, like, if you put it to visuals, it, mm-hmm. it fucking rolls. Greg, the next nominee is also from the Royal Tenenbaums. Marco's got to get off that bus. Yeah. This is, again, like, if if these are supposed to capture a feeling, then this moment captures the feeling of seeing the person that you have a crush on. It really, like, the... The slow motion, the beautiful music, the, the the close focus, it's all like it's all there. In the commentary, uh, he said that like uh, this was one of those scenes that he wrote long before the Royal Ten of Bombs was ever in his brain. He just sure, he yeah. wanted to see this, you know. A beautiful girl getting off the bus and you make eye contact with her and that song plays and you're sitting in your weird little chair. You can feel the ache because of the music picked and it all works uh-huh. perfectly. The longing, I mean, right? Like the the yeah. because what is so kind of wonderful is that you know, the, the that ache, that longing feeling you have when you see the person. The song captures it perfectly. Yeah, and typically slow motion is like it's used to make you look cooler, or like more like an action hero. But with that, it's like this is how Richie feels. Is just mm-hmm. like this is how Margot walks to him. You know, like and it's the, so the band that performs that song. Just kind of like a little fun little note. Royal and the Tenenbaums. So it's like there's like <laughs> oh, another connection. Kismet. Yeah. Another connection. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but... Do you think at the Battle of the Bands they could beat Donnie and the Darkos or Itumama and the Tambiens? <laughs> I think Itumama and the Tambiens have like a lot of energy and a good feeling. And, and Yeah, they... there's a lot of like call and response with the crowd. Yeah. Mike, the final nominee for Musical Moment has already won an award. A Moment in a Movie has... That's weird. ...already won an award, and it is the Jukebox Dance. Yeah. So this is... Uh in e2 and i'm forgetting all their names now louisa yeah so i guess uh, the back half of this the sex the sexy part won an award does the front yes. half this is the front half which we said the back half won the award because of the front half yeah so it's her starting the jukebox and then turning around looking directly at the camera and dancing with the audience and then dancing with the boys this is like the sexiest moment in cinema history the music part the and sex the is like is there yeah yeah the sex is fine whatever yeah <laughs> Ichimama not making our final four is something that is going to haunt us forever. All right, gentlemen, your nominees are Echo and the Bunny Man, the uh, opening of Donnie Darko, Club Silencio from Mulholland Drive, Me and Julio down by the schoolyard, the montage from Royal Tenenbaums, Gwyneth Paltrow getting off the bus, These Days by Nico from Royal the, from the Royal Tenenbaums, and the jukebox dance from Ichimama. I got to say the bus. I think it's going to be it's, uh, the, bus. the bus sounds right. Yeah. The winner is Club Silencio from Mulholland Drive. Wow. Silencio. <laughs> I love it. Silencio. I personally love it. It's 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 one of the best moments and one of the best movies ever made. And music is a major part of the reason why. I feel like I can't remember the last time I watched the Oscars, period. But I can't remember the last time where it's just like clear, like, I know what the best picture is gonna be, because look at this just tearing up the awards getting there. No, that happens sometimes where like Titanic wins all the awards for the first yeah. two hours and then Titanic won Best Picture. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're right. We are going to take the quickest of breaks. And then when we come back, round two, battle two. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter there depending on what tier you pick one dollars a month five dollars a month if you're crazy anything more than five dollars a month don't do that you can get extra content there's extra shows extra series uh behind the scenes stuff uh you could 
pay for Ryan to draw you a picture. Uh, I can write you a poem. You can get the shirts off our very own backs. All of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter. While you're on the internet, you should check out Shady Monk. He does all the tunes you've been listening to. He's on Bandcamp, he's on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, wherever kids get their music these days that I'm too old to know. Shady Monk lives there. Uh, you can probably follow him on Twitter and Instagram as well. That's Shady Monk. Wherever you get music, check him out. Round two. Battle two is going to hurt. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Deal with the fact that Spirited Away is fighting Mulholland Drive right now. I mean, it's, it's it's always going to happen. It's always in these late ones. It's going to be really tough. I, this decision was waiting for us this entire year. Two, like, uses of, of, like, what is reality, what is not reality. One between the spirit world and the, the human world, and the other between also maybe the spirit world, the human world, or... <laughs> Who yeah. knows? But dude, alternate I, world with this episode and the previous episode finale part one i like i i i don't think we've talked enough about how fucking amazing spirit away is and uh like it, it it's been one of my favorite movies for you know like ten, 20 years at this point and uh it's got this thing where like you can feel the inspirations you can feel like how it came to be whether it's alice in wonderland or you know whatever these stories are but uh what a just like perfect piece of its own thing you know like instead of being something that like feels put together like a a pastiche like something tarantino Mm -hmm. made what it feels like instead is closer to star wars of like i will now create more things i am now here for other artists to be inspired and and like star wars hinting at such a bigger world yeah there's so many other stories it feels that could take place here it feels like just a little corner it's just a it's just the spirit bathhouse it's not like the spirit parliament yeah. or the spirit you know like it, it is just well, a that, corner. that will be in the prequels for sure <laughs> we're gonna spend a little too much time spirit, spirit trade parliament. embargo <laughs> every frame of this of spirited away is such a beautiful drawing in and of itself even if it were just a still picture and the the fact that it's it's moving pictures makes it like almost like agonizingly beautiful in a lot of the a lot of the scenes and so much care and love went into it it's probably the best looking of any of these movies no movie has like stayed looking as good as it did in 2001 as this one does mm-hmm. i mean that there's because it's just drawn i guess uh but like that it, it looks as fresh today as any movie that we've seen. And, and the level of uh, nuance and complexity uh, they inject into this kid's story is it. Cause a three-year-old could watch this movie and enjoy it. And then 10 year old will be like, wait, some stuff's going on. And then the three of us ancient beings watch it. And we're like, there's so much more. You don't even know what it's in there. You stupid little kid, which is what I said to my cousin when we watched it together. <laughs> what about like uh, the three-year-old uh, and then like the 15-year-old or whatever the target audience is? But what do you guys think about the like the, the 54-year-old? Like, do you, yeah, is, could this, you're there. Could this be the Ghibli movie that like actually uh, idiot boomer Trump voters can watch? Yeah, I think Mononoke is a little too big and epic and fantastical. Yeah, I think it's a little like, too no. Nerdy. Yeah. Uh, but this, like, be- because it's playing with that story that, like, all cultures seem to have of little girl gets lost and has to deal with crazy shit on her own, I, I do think that. You could plop this in the middle of Nebraska. And I think that 
I think that t- Totoro. Uh, so for movie of the year, uh, I I never seen Totoro or Mononoke before we started this podcast, uh, and they're both amazing. But I think that Totoro is like sort of the opposite of Mononoke. You know, like it's a little slow, a little childish. Maybe you might give up before you should. And I just think that Spirit Away is this perfect middle ground of it's undeniably awesome. Yeah, and you know, good stuff is coming right away. Like from the time the parents first pull off the road. You're like, even if I'm not seeing cool spirits right now, I'm going to very soon. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> uh, and this movie that we've said so many good things is going up against Mulholland Drive, the film that Greg has dug in his heels say, if it doesn't win, I'll blow my fucking head That's off. That's true. I do threaten that a lot, though. So <laughs> It loses its importance if, how often you use it. Because you're like, if... I get a kibasa and not a hot dog. I'm going to blow my fucking head off. Yeah, the other day, Mike, you were driving the pop filter van around, and Greg was in the backseat, and you asked Greg to put his seatbelt on. And he said, I would rather blow my fucking head off than put on the seatbelt. Yeah, and then he's like, Mike was like, you're going to have to put down that gun. And I was like, I'd rather fucking blow my head off than put this gun down, (laughs) even though my arm is so tired. One thing I do have to say that um, Spirited Away has over, potentially has over Mulholland Drive, is that I feel like Spirited Away is maybe talking about more parts of the human condition and talking to more members of the the human mm-hmm. audience uh, and also probably more to the radish spirit parts of the audience. But, you know... Yeah, I didn't see any radish spirit messages in Mulholland By Drive. embracing little things like comfort and small, like, per- interpersonal humors and just, like, taking the time to set a scene and have characters move through it very slowly... I just feel like there is like there are parts of life that are talked about in Spirited Away that maybe Mulholland Drive kind of like overlooks to comment more on like the hyper reality of pop culture or something. Overlooks right, yeah. or like forcefully doesn't look. Like I refuse forcefully, yeah, to look at it, that. It, it zooms in on like how Hollywood can chew you up and spit you out, right? In all the different ways and all these people are connected and ruined by it. And really, they're ruined by each other, but it's because it's all about a pursuit for power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess it does look like, I, I guess, since I think part of what Spirited Away is doing is trying to provide some level of comfort or some sort of view of comfort. I think he moves away from comfort. I think in his whole career, he never wants the audience to feel anything like comfort. So I guess it's not that he missed it. It's that he, yeah, he used it like purposely yeah. turns away from it. it. I don't know that much about David Lynch, but it feels like uh he's the kind of guy who would go i've never felt comfortable in my life so i'm going to make movies that make you feel how i feel all the time which is way better than me i've never felt comfortable in my life and all i can do is make you two feel uncomfortable yeah you don't do shit with that you're no artist it it is it's it's time 10 more minutes of talking it's not it's 20 seconds of bet (laughs) but that's done ryan yeah i'm not gonna make you go last this time uh, uh, Spirit Away is so so important to me. Uh, it was the first uh, Studio Ghibli movie that I watched, and like that was a bad idea. Yeah, I should not have made it first. That is such um, a big mistake. <laughs> but uh, this rewatch of Mulholland Drive, the rewatch of Spirit Away, like I, I, it just it, it it should be at a Star Wars level. You know, it should be talked about as a, like one of these like monoliths of mm-hmm. pop culture and storytelling and fiction and like teaching and like but Mulholland Drive is uh, I, I think it's in like the all time movies Mulholland Drive I'm going to go next and put the the weight of the choice on Greg 
which I guess reveals what I'm going to say. <laughs> ball all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, I've done it. <laughs> uh, I, I stepped in that one for all the reasons Ryan said. Uh, and then doing the Greg test, which I do think can't be the only thing, but is an important one, is what do you want to watch right now? Hey, thank you. 99 out of 100, it'll be it's Spirited Away. Absolutely not. I almost never want to watch Mulholland Drive. Uh, phenomenal film, but I think the lushness and, and warmth of Spirited Away is draws you in and makes you want to watch it. I'm disgusted by that strategy of trying to pick between two movies. Like you think that's like oh yeah, what do you want I said to watch? It's one of the one factors. One way you can you can use to think about the movie. And hey, uh, Ryan? Yeah, Ryan. Look, I uh, I, it, I was instinctually disgusted. And what am I supposed to do? Not tell you guys that I got yes. I was revolted immediately? Greg, it's on you. I love Spirited Away. I, I'm like you, Ryan. I saw it way too early in my Miyazaki career. That's kind of a, a bummer. But See, I started with Ponyo. You guys are fools. You should have started with a way lesser tier like Ponyo. <laughs> Ponyo is such a good... It's a, it's a fucking perfect movie. And like, it's so good. If you see Ponyo first, that's awesome. If you see Spirit Away first, Ponyo's like, eh, all right, whatever. <laughs> Orange fish? What are you, a girl that's a fish? Who cares? And I think there's so much about Spirit Away I don't understand. Like... It, more and more lately when we watch these really good movies i'm like should i read a book about this movie uh and there's so much i would like to understand that i don't understand about it and it's so good but mulholland drive is just this movie that's like gotten under my skin and i can't stop thinking about it and i'm so excited about it all the time and it scares me and it's weird and it's creepy but i also think that it is a slightly better movie than spirited away Okay, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> Are you good? And when we come back, it's time for awards. The last two awards before the final award that is the whole point of this show. <laughs> Starting with Best Actor. Ryan, take it away. Gentlemen, your best actors are as follows. Mike, we're going to start with George Clooney from Ocean's Eleven. The titular Eleven. I mean, this does feel like the role that solidified in the public consciousness who we all think George Clooney is. Not Batman? Not. <laughs> you know what? For his sake, thankfully, it's not Batman. It, it's it's cool. It's flaws. But gosh darn it, don't you love him because he yeah. has those flaws? Ne'er do well. And he ne'er does well. But he does it so well. Charming, like, good looking. Women want to be with him. Men want to be with him. We talked about this on our Ocean's Eleven episode, but like Julia Roberts ju- does just like give it up, right? Like at the end, she's like, yeah, we're back together. Yeah. And it's his job to make that believable, and it, it sort of is. Yeah, that part stuck in my craw, but that isn't because of his performance. His performance was great. And honestly, you know what? Uh, people are allowed to not um, be attracted to someone who's in their best interest. That happens in real life too, right? That, like, oh, for sure. There's, a, there's some part of her... That doesn't want what's best for her, and that part really likes George Clooners. Greg, the next nominee, and I will warn you, this is one of two best actor nominees from this movie. It's uh, never Gael- warn me, Ryan. Gael Garcia Bernal from Itumama Tambien. Oh yeah, this guy, a uh, pretty good little performance here. I now that Itumama is definitely not going to make it. I hope that at least one of these guys wins the best actor award. 
but you know they're not, right? Like we already talked about how like because there's just they're no gonna way. Yeah. get in each other's way. They're yeah. gonna split it. Yeah, this is the show of the split. Like if, if two people are both doing the same thing kind of well, or two movies have the same mood and both do it well, they will like detract from each other. So probably that is what's gonna happen. But. Uh, also, though, th- like they were so dependent on each other, it was the rapport. It was the back and forth of when they were fans of each other and not fans of each other. Like mm-hmm. they were so attached, they should have won an on-screen duo. It's crazy. They, they yeah, it's bananas. They didn't, and th- this is it, it's so good and remind me of that he exists as uh, what Bernal. That I was like, should I go back and watch Mozart in the Jungle, a TV show I never cared about or thought about watching? Oh man, I, 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 just I need more of this guy. Show. That was a big one that people would include on lists of like uh, prestige TV. You know, like it would they would always throw that in on the end. You know, Madman, Breaking Bad, Mozart in the Jungle. Like, hold on, no, that last one does not count. I think it does count. I think that's very good. That's a different show, but I think it does count. The other one is the what's the one where uh, it's like Nazis didn't lose. Oh God, Man in the High Castle, the high so tower, fucking boring. Every, everyone always put that one on the list. Mike, the next nominee is Gene Hackman from the Royal As- Tenenbaums. As the titular royal, Tenenbaum, and it's yeah, it's. I think he has a hard needle to thread to be uh, such a despicable rapscallion, but make you kind of want to watch him earn back the family. He truly was the Tom Green of that generation. He was the Tom Green. Is he, this just he got about by Freddie? Is this just about us wishing we had a different type of boomer than the one we really do have in real <laughs> life? We wish they were lovable <laughs> scamps. There's no charm. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> I was watching Citizen Kane, and uh, Charles Foster Kane is Donald Trump, right? Like everything is Donald Trump, yeah. but he's got that charm, baby. So like you sort of root for him. Greg, the next nominee is Diego Luna from E2 Mama Tambien. Yeah, the other one, the second guy, <laughs> all right, the duo. And the final nominee is Haley Joel Osment from AI Artificial Intelligence. Yeah, this little kid. Is such a good actor. It's crazy to to have, we've talked about it throughout the the creepy robot, but still so human. Like you're afraid of him, but you you want to hold him and have people take care of him. I think he almost did too good of a job in this yeah. movie, and I think that he's so off putting that it's hard <laughs> as an audience member to remember that he's that the actor is doing that on purpose. It's not there's not a like yeah. there's no flaw in doing that. It's the intention, uh, but. I do think there's some static that comes off of that, and you're like, I don't know, I don't like this guy. <laughs> also, I didn't even. I'm gonna uh, make him eat spinach <laughs> until he is fucking dead. <laughs> they shouldn't have made him die that way. By the way, that has always kind of bothered me about the movie. Like, like, okay, don't eat, but if you do eat, you will automatically be like so broken, you have to take a take yourself back into headquarters. Is he a reverse Popeye? He's a reverse Popeye. He's one of your classic reverse Popeyes. If I eat some spinach, I'm gonna be finished. I, I, I didn't think about this when we watched it, but like the movie is just uh, like toxic masculinity, right? Like here's this fucking white male in the house. If we don't laugh at his jokes, he might kill us all. He'll fucking kill us. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, your nominees are uh, Danny Ocean, George Clooney from Ocean's Eleven, Gael Garcia Bernal, and Diego Luna from E2 Mama Tambien, Gene Hackman from The Royal Tenenbaums, and Haley Joel Osment from AI. This is a good one. I, this, this is competitive. Yeah, yes. I can see it going a few different ways and it would be good. Lately, I got the Haley Joel feeling, Ryan. I, I, I mean, he's great, but now I'm mad because Ryan will just keep screaming that it's the best movie. 2001. Wait, are you going to make decisions in your life based on how mad I will or will not get? Yes. 
And again, it's flip a coin. Do I want a lot of political decisions too? Mike, who's going to? I'm going to tell you who I voted for later, just to see your reaction. So, Mike, what do you think? What? Oh, who's 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 going to go in? Yeah, yeah, I I think the little boy might take it down. Weird way to put that. (laughs) (laughs) Your winner is. It's Haley Joel Osment from Ooh. AI Artificial Intelligence. Dang. Acting actors decades his senior. One, two, three, f- uh, fourth Moody for AI tonight. It won best think- supporting actor. It won best on screen duo. It won biggest shithead, a very important one, <laughs> and best actor. Uh- because Twitter has infected my brain, I, I, I do think Haley Joel Osment could play Royal Tenenbaum, but Gene Hackman could not play David from AI. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter, it's bad for you. Oh, I'm saying things again. Next up is Best Actress. Do it now. <laughs> Greg, the first nominee. And this always happens, right? Because we have uh, Studio Ghibli every season that we do. It's Rumi Harag- Haragi from Spirit Away. And which one was she for the audience only, Ryan? I won't even listen when you say. This would be Chihiro. This is the main character. Now, uh, we do in Moody History, we have given a voice over person, a cartoon voice man thing. Voice actor? Thank you. Uh, We have uh, Joan Cusack won Best Supporting Actress for Toy Story 2. Do you think that Rumi Hagari can win Best Actress? Gosh, I don't know. I do... I do think there's a language barrier, um, and I, we probably shouldn't be that stupid. But since we're going to be, I think I should just come right out and say it. It, it, I find it a little hard to like judge acting in another language to quite the same degree that I do English. But I Wait, thought she did in a another language job. without seeing her face. Like it's a double. Language. Yeah, yeah, uh, and um, you know, I'm also not particularly used to even like the intonation or cadence of of Japanese, and so it's hard for me to 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 judge in quite the same way. Except I will say she does seem to pull it off. You know, like he, she has the right energy of first being like so terrified and then very slowly becoming like you know strong enough to stand on her own two feet, and you feel that in the voice the entire time. Yeah, I think with with this with with our own ignorance, uh, it has to is the voice lining up with the the and especially with this movie, the beauty of what's on screen is it is it lining. And I think she handles that perfectly. Like, at, there's no jarring like, oh, a person is acting as this Chihiro. You're like, this is Chihiro all the way. It, this movie's already been kicked out. Yeah, yeah. You're idiots. This feels Jackie Brown level terrible. Like this. this <laughs> Mike, your next nominee for best actress is Laura Herring. From Mulholland Drive. That is not Naomi Watts. That is correct. And to play, go up against Naomi Watts and play not Naomi Watts. Uh, yeah, I, I think she she's unsettling, and she there's a lot of David in her. She's both unsettling to be around, and you understand why people want to take care of her. And she well, doesn't quite get how human rules work. <laughs> I mean, like there's so much of it that could be just uh, her being what Naomi Watts thinks she should be. You know, so uh-huh. she's just like sort of going through the motions and not even human. There's a right after she gets bonked on the noggin in the initial car accident, she uh, walks straight off the road into just like the the forest on the side of the hill on Mulholland Drive, and then just walks through high heels like through the forest. And that's such a good like metaphor. <laughs> For like not being prepared to handle anything that might happen, <laughs> she's just like anything at all. Yeah, 
I think she might have pulled a Grace Kelly. Like, because I don't know if she's been in a movie since then. I think that some rich, possibly prince person watched Mulholland Drive and said, I'll marry her. And she was like, yes. And that, was that, would, be, that would be such an interesting story to follow. Yeah. Let's make that movie, David Lynch. <laughs> Greg, your next nominee is from The Piano Teacher. It's Isabelle Huppert. Oh, wow. This almost changed like my idea of what acting even was like i i want to meet this woman and just be like are you okay because like that like the, some actors show up and they like put on a little show and that's what we expect them to do she did some she does something different in this like she mm-hmm. there's there's a, a point at which i don't think she knows the difference between herself and her character or that's how it comes off to an, right. an audience like she seems to become so much that this person yeah it may it might be because like recognizability of faces but like i know daniel day lewis is method actor but at no point do i forget he's daniel day lewis being somebody yeah and she definitely has that where you're like i would be uh uncomfortable in a room with you yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I can't believe like uh like you're supposed to feel this way so here's the dialogue to explain that and then for her they're like uh no you're not gonna have dialogue and then also you can't move your face. That other tool that you have, you yeah. also just have to like stand there statuesque and cold the entire time. And she still pulls it off. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but it's like also you have to do something though. Like you have to still communicate how you that character's feeling without doing any of those things. And then she does it. Like it's a yeah. it's an impossible task. And yet still makes us somehow sort of like uh, I don't know if it's like relate to her or root for her, but like make like it's okay that she's our protagonist, even though there is no like she's just like uh, on the other edge of okay the entire movie we just watch her do terrible things and it's still intriguing uh mike your next nominee is ana lopez mercado from itumala Damien. yeah just the the exact opposite energy uh of isabella huper's character is you Warm just want to be vibrant her. yeah like if you fuck up will do everything she can to like help you out uh and it, it feels real even as annoying as the the dudes are being throughout the movie she injects such like human empathy that you get why she's like hanging out with them it's just like sometimes you want to go on an adventure and just and when, when you the time she's crying and you find out she's cancer all of that if you go back and rewatch it you can feel the little moments of even when she's having fun at being there it's interesting because that that like sort of light that shines out of her like even though she is dying over the course of the entire movie she's more alive than the 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 healthy actress from you know the piano teacher like Mm -hmm. she's still and i think that if we had seen luisa maybe a little bit earlier we would see her more like the piano teacher uh i think it's that she is freed in a weird way like the something something in her dies when she finds out she has cancer and that actually releases her um and allows her to be you know to live yeah Greg, the final nominee is Naomi Watts from Mulholland Drive. Dang. Uh, just a little bit of everything. All different types of performances. I kind of think that um, the way she, her character acts over the course of the movie is meant to like sort of track the way actresses have acted over like the history of Hollywood. She comes in in the first scene and she's very like... Ah, golly gee willikers, Hollywood. Almost singing Hollywood. (laughs) And I'm going to write you a letter when I make it. And you're going to see me on the silver screen all the way through like, Camilla, is that you? (laughs) The the, like dire broken person at the end. 
has a scene where she's supposed to be a great actress. You know, like this is an actress who has a scene where she's supposed to impress people with her acting and then does it. That's crazy. Imagine watching this in 2001 where Naomi Watts is not famous yet. And when she comes out of that airport and acts the way she does, you're yeah. immediately thinking, right. oh, you're dust. You're, oh, honey. you're fucking <laughs> awful. This is so embarrassing for you. Is is this a rare first role, best role? Not like, really. I can't think of other, like, amazing Naomi Watts roles. I heard Huckabee. <sighs> she was good in that. She, went, she was in 21 Grams, which people have seen. <laughs> no, so uh, probably yeah, probably this think, is, yeah. Th- yeah, this is it. Uh all right, guys. Your nominees are Rumi Haragi from Spirited Away, Laura Herring from Mulholland Drive, Naomi Watts from Mulholland Drive, Isabel Huppert in Ana Lupez Mercado, and uh, like what is this like the seventh or eighth season of Movie of the Year? I would say that if we combined all the best actresses together, four of these five would be in the top five. Like this is the craziest, most most competitive best actress we've ever had. Yeah, Fosh. I agree. Who's gonna do it? Who pair do pair is what I think. Yeah, we we are who pair do pair lovers here. Who pair performance? <laughs> and your winner is Greg for coming up with a new word. <laughs> this 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 food tastes simply who pair. Yeah. It's also Isabel who pair is the winner of best actress. Yeah, it, again, like it's just I think of acting a little bit differently now because yeah. of because I've watched her do it. The she whole- yeah, I think she's quickly ratcheting to become the pop filter official actress of acting the whole less is more thing is something that like people are told and we think they're doing but this is this is this is it right this is yeah. the less is more yeah this is like least is most <laughs> we are going to take the quickest of breaks and when we come back the final battle hey guys thank you so much for listening so far and let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it that's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's yourpopfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! Taste buds. It has all come down to this. Your final battle of the 2001 season of Movie of the Year. What we're going to do is go on a little journey to remember how we got here. Mulholland Drive first went up against Hannibal. Oh, did Okay. And it won? <laughs> it, it did managed win. to edge that out, huh? I'm going to tell you, I don't think we talked about that battle for more than saying the two movies' names. I think that moved on immediately. Hannibal does have a scene where uh, he has dinner with somebody whose brain is mm-hmm. open. Like, his head is open, and they just eat And is together. that Ray Liotta? In my head, it's Ray Liotta. As himself, yeah. Now we'll yes. eat the brain of Ray Liotta, Clarice. 
<laughs> oh, this doesn't quite track, but uh, sure, sir. <laughs> Ever since I and can remember, I always wanted to be a guy with my brain open. <laughs> and it's it's not even a uh, uh, Nell, whose name I can't remember right now. Jodie Foster. Julian, yeah. It's Julian Moore doing oh, her best yeah. Jodie Foster. Wow, I totally forgot that. Then Mulholland Drive went up against the others. The other what? Okay, I like the others. You do like yeah, I think you fought hard for the others until it went up against Mulholland The others Drive. is probably the <laughs> only movie of this year that's scarier than Mulholland Drive. Also, like uh may have gotten Nicole Kim in another movie. I do want to go back real quick. Uh Julianne Moore's agent, say no to Hannibal. Like what the fuck yeah. are we doing here? All right, sorry. bad agent. Then it went up against E2 Mama Tambien, and I got very angry at the mm. world, at the two mm. of you, at the board. Uh, then it went up against Spirited Away, and I somehow got even yeah, madder wow. <laughs> at literally everything. <laughs> it is up against... so, And most surprising, uh, so Mahal and Drive is the number five seed. It went up... It is now up against the number 10 seed. Ocean's Eleven started its crazy little journey going up against Ghost World. An indie darling that some could have argued could take it. Actually, yeah, I gotta say, I could definitely see us picking Ghost World over that. It was the and then, too much of a footprint from Ocean's Eleven, too much impact. Yeah. Then up against Bridget Jones' Diary, another hard battle for Ocean's Eleven. Wow, yeah, I do like this. Is a tough road to the championship. Yeah, it, it was. It, it, that's why we do these lookbacks because we remember how hard they fought. Then it went up against Fellowship of the Ring, and for some, went that was less hard of a fight than the <laughs> previous two you've had. I found it taxing, but yeah, you gentlemen were like, "Don't worry." No, no, no. I thought that was close <laughs> okay, too. Yeah. Was that you, Mike? Who was like, "Yeah, it's me." Slammy like, D. Come on. I'm not going to look at pointy ears. Next. And then, yeah, what people know about me is anything with swords and sorcery. I'm against <laughs> that. Uh, and then uh, I think this is a, a real turn, a real twist. It went up and won against the piano teacher. Yeah, that what that that's the biggest shock of this season. Not that I argue like that it's wrong or anything, but just I am I was surprised by that because I I think that I was so blown away by the piano teacher that I let myself think that Ryan was so blown away that mm-hmm. by the piano teacher. But Ryan, you think of this movie piano teacher as like like a B B plus, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, it, like lesser hand, yeah. which I think is what uh, did it. I, I I want to talk to the like uh, the critics on Rotten Tomatoes who have that like that top critic badge, like they're like mm-hmm. elite critics. They're like our gods, then, right? Yeah, I mean, basically, we pray yeah. to them and do whatever they say. I <laughs> uh, I want to throw that to them. Like, do they think it's crazy that Ocean's Eleven, as a movie, beat Piano Teacher? And what's going to be fun is there's so many pretentious people who are going to scream at us for letting that happen, and there's other people who are going to get it. Well, because it's the particular ethos who... of the show, too. Like, I mean, it's not. We're not saying that in a vacuum. We're. It's movie right. of the year. It's not best movie. Well, we are saying that. That well, is no, true. I guess it is movie. Well, that's what what's and and that's what leads now. Your battle is Ocean's Eleven versus Mulholland Drive. Uh, so we can talk about this. Is I feel like less this season than any other season we have talked about. What does this? How does this connect to the year it is? Two thousand and one pre nine feels like such an indefinable year that none of these movies there's no through line like we've had in the past it's just all crazy things do you there, refer which, to so we don't even have that argument do you refer to 9-11 by its first nine. name <laughs> did you guys stop i said most of the important stuff after that <laughs> uh yeah like 
I do think that the one thing is that like this is where uh this is where we lost our uh happiness, you know, like this is the last gasp of American okayness. Uh, mm-hmm. Before nine eleven happened, before we realized that Republicans are just evil people trying to take over the world, uh, so that's sort of what these would have in common, and that's maybe why the piano teacher got bounced because that it was too not dark. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, one thing that 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 nine eleven brought about is um, it was shocking and scary in its own way, but then the way people in our lives and still I was like twenty or whatever, but still like adults really in in my life reacted to it brought out a side of them that like i had never seen before and was actually like almost as scary as the event itself like this i this idea of like now we're out for blood and we don't care who it comes from but we're gonna get it and so that topsy-turvy feeling that's mulholland drive like that's uh, you know the, the 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 violence the the how scary how unexpected everything is i mean i think it does capture you know at least the what we'd say the post nine part of of 2001. I love it. You went from judging me for saying it. Now, now it's part of my part. <laughs> it's my vernacular. Now. I, I don't want, I, I don't want, I want to say something, but I don't want it to be like one of those jokes where you guys like freak out. On okay. Me. I just won't like laugh. I just, just won't say anything it. for a second. Okay. Hey dude, I don't have a drop for Ryan tells a joke, <laughs> but let's. One of the things. Oh, that's long. <laughs> One of the things that makes me think about what should be the movie of the year, 2001, is looking back and what was the biggest monolith uh, previously in movie making, and I think it was 2001. <laughs> and I think that there's a gap between 2001 A Space Odyssey and Mulholland Drive. Like, I do think that they stand out. Those are the two things. The two movies that people need to watch that they want to understand film. That, like, like, that. <laughs> yeah. Like the two movies that people just lie about and say, no, I liked it. It's good. <laughs> Fucking super enjoyed it. But no, I do think that like it's it's not the same anymore because these movies came out. Mm. Where Ocean's Eleven is really just saying, I can do that thing you like, but way better. But it's not changing the game. Everything changed after Ocean's Eleven came out until Ocean's Twelve. And then that and really see, changed the game. But then Ocean's Thirteen came out and changed it. I have order. to say, I, I want to do the Ocean Twelve show at some point. Because I think that there's more cool stuff to say about Ocean's Twelve. And it couldn't exist without this movie, Ocean's Eleven. Which is just such a scrappy, fun, cool movie. But... Just to- I want to do. Uh-huh. Just feels outclassed both by Mulholland Drive, but also by Ocean's Twelve. <laughs> I want to do Ocean's Twelve too because I I was such a fan of Ocean's Eleven that when Twelve and Thirteen came out, I just hated them like on principle, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not the original. Uh, in the same way that you know, like we all hated Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. Sure, it's our second paper movie of all time, but it's not as good as Pet Detective. Or when this version now- of Mike came back from his world trip. Yeah, like uh, this is a lesser, shittier <laughs> thing. You don't like Mike the Seagull? <laughs> Mike the Global Trotter? But now that I'm older and don't care about that shit, I do want to watch Ocean Twelve. I do want to like watch these people hang out again. That sounds fucking yeah. awesome. And I think it it says more. I think the Ocean Twelve engages more with how weird movies are, and I think that that that's what f- that is fun about Mulholland Drive is. Mulholland Drive also in part is about just that movies are so many things. One of them is wonderful and another one of them is stupid. And he like he yeah. loves both of those parts, David Lynch. Yeah. Like 
yeah he does and yeah and he doesn't elevate any one part of movies over any other part and so really complex plots about the human condition are elevated to the same level as really dreamy shots of women glancing at la and being like i'm gonna make it here and as much as i love soderbergh as much as like he is uh, if not my favorite one of my favorite directors of all time his meticulousness might hurt him you know like David Lynch is somewhere in between of Soderbergh and uh, the guy who made The Room, you know, like where we don't uh-huh. know what was purposeful and what was important and what's just stupid and why you're crazy. I think that 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 helps push it up. Gentlemen, it's time to vote. Should we all just say it together? Yes. AI artificial intelligence. Ma, it's Mahalan. You know why, Mike? We can't do that because, as a joke, two of us would say either AI or Ocean's Eleven, and then we would be bound. Right. Spy and, kids. Uh, yeah. Oh we yeah. Throw out Spy kids. It, it's Mahalan Drive is your winner, but out of the corner, AI oh, is no. coming out. Can AI oh, take down? It's punching That's Ocean's AI's Eleven on the way music. in, which feels rude. <laughs> pandemonium here can it take down this has never happened before can it take down it's holding the two spy kids heads so we don't have to deal with another surprise fighter can i uh, could ai have taken down Mahalo no Drive? not i mean not with you on the podcast but ai couldn't I have do taken down e2 mama tambien ai couldn't have taken down spirited oh, away oh fuck you ryan <laughs> yeah i think that like with the three of us if we're all voting i think that this year gave us four stone cold classics yeah like yeah. the combination of Mulholland drive uh ai ai artificial intelligence and uh spirited away royal tenet bombs and e2 mama like those are four i think all timers I think you counted eight things, but yes. Uh, so that is the season of 2001, a movie of the year Odyssey. We did it. Mulholland Drive is Hell your yeah. film. Uh, I'm very sadly and excitedly going to take off my hosting hat and pull up my panelist pants. <laughs> <laughs> i just been sitting here with a hat and no pants. We got to get AR, HR back in this. <laughs> nope. AR artificial rent. Not AR, no. Uh, when you guys were driving to the studio tonight to record this episode, did you know that Mulholland Drive was going to take it down? Yeah. No. Yeah, I had like it was one of the top two choices. I it's the one I would have bet on, but I thought there was the possibility that it would split somehow, and that we'd get like Spirited Away or E two. I would have put all my bags of money with dollar signs written on the bags on Spirited Away. I oh, really? Sure. Yeah. See, I thought E two. Really? Which is how we got Mulholland Drive, I guess. I came here ready to rep Mulholland Drive, and I think that I... That was Yeah, clear. I think I stamped my foot on the scale every chance I got, and I I helped do this. So all my uh, Mulholland heads out there, you're welcome. You're welcome, boys. Mulholland Drive is in the my top ten. are going crazy. It's in my top ten of all time, which is something that only 74 yeah. movies can say. <laughs> yeah. I would love to have a running list of how many movies you say that about. Uh, this has been a pleasure... Taste buds, thank you for letting me host. Hey, Mike, you did a good job. You did job. do a good job, man. I, you did a fine job. I, you, you're saying it just Yeah, like you told to us earlier it. that we should say this. So, but yeah. That, yeah, and I told you I'd be like, no, yeah, no, 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 but that's no, good no, hosting. More, you got to tell more. you got to tell the people what to do, and so we're doing it. I like how you mixed. There was a mix of like Greg's initial Moody hosting, Movie of the Year hosting, plus a mix of like you on OCD, not caring, and just like doing random shit and like not just is making a bad show what I, is your damage? I thought it was a good i thought it was a good make and a dash of ryan not knowing how long segment should be if we're gonna fucking do this we could fucking do this 
Uh, I think we're about to record a show. They're at each other's throats, ladies and gentlemen. Right, plays right into my plans. Next week, we start a very fun, non-bracketed run of 2020 films. Until then, keep watching those movies.